Hi, welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's episode, we have Evan Armstrong out of Bowling Green, Ohio. Evan is the owner of Viking Coffee Company. Welcome to the podcast, Evan. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just start off with uh, you just giving us a background of your company, you know, how you got to where you are and what brought you on today's show. Um, so I'm the owner, I guess you could say, guy behind Viking Coffee Company. Uh, we're located in Bowling Green, Ohio. You've been in business four years now. Oh, gosh. And I got onto this podcast because I know Julie through Arte. Yeah, great groups. We're thrilled to have you. <laughs> I know as soon as I realized that you were a coffee guy, I'm like, we uh -huh. need to talk to Evan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Huge fan of coffee. So what's it like um, owning a coffee? You do coffee, you coffee roasting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's it, what's it like to have that? business is it a saturated market um i would say it is it's i oh gosh i don't even know i go so many places i don't really go too many places but the places i do go there's probably like four to five different either coffee shops or coffee companies in some capacity there um as far as i guess kind of what viking coffee is compared to other coffee roasters or coffee shops. I compare Viking Coffee as kind of like an outlier. Most of them I kind of see as like, I guess more the, the hipster or the niche kind of brands. At least to me, that's what they, they appear as and I'm trying to not be that. We don't blame you at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, um, do, you, do you also have like a, a coffee shop where people can come in and, and buy cups of coffee there or are you strictly like shipping out coffee at the moment I, it's just shipping out coffee and then local farmers markets and then here in ohio we have two events that were canceled unfortunately this year they're coffee fest one's held in columbus and the other is held in cincinnati we usually do those farmers market and then online is primarily what we do okay uh, but in the next eight months, I'm planning on moving to Traverse City, Michigan. That's where my girlfriend and I want to relocate to. She's already relocated there. She's beat me. Um, but I would love to open a shop up there. For, for the coffee industry, I was actually in uh, partnering in a couple of cafes here in, in Richmond for, uh -huh. for a few years. And, and so I'm, I'm pretty, pretty knowledgeable about that. And I know that it's a, it's a very saturated market. Um, in mm -hmm. terms of like, I mean, it, it's the same as like craft beer or, you know, wines. Like, like what are you, what have you like had to overcome and what are you doing to, I mean, differentiate yourself other than being the non-hipster coffee? 
That's that is the, I guess I don't know, the ever long journey I suppose for me because I when I first started off, I kind of like oh you know you know hipster kind of brand coffee and I quickly realized I'm like no it's not that's not really me that's not what I want to do, uh, so it's over the past four years it's a lot more of my personality has started to show in the brand. So that's evolved to a lot more like I want to get the brand known for being more involved in outdoor stuff, whether that's just like camping, uh, hunting, just outdoor recreation. Uh, like I know in, up in Northern Michigan, windsurfing, um, what is it? Kite surfing is also a big thing. Uh, Off-road vehicles, stuff that I'm all interested in. I'm starting to push towards that. And then as far as my love for like history and um, I don't know, just being creative in general, I guess, like the, uh, the shirt, don't give up the ship. It's pulled from the battle of 1812 here in Lake Erie uh, with Commodore Perry. That was a flag that he flew on one of his ships that he ended up losing. And then later in the battle ended up recapturing from the British um, and then it just, I thought fit in well with the whole Viking theme, the Viking longship. I'm like, that's just cool. Yeah. Not sure, necessarily no correlation, but I'm just like, it's cool. It is cool. How, how did you come up with the, the name? How'd you land on Viking coffee? <laughs> I, I feel like this story should be more entertaining. I mean, then again, it's just me. So, but Prior to me getting in coffee full time, I was a strength conditioning coach here at the university, BGSU, and I primarily worked with football. And these kids, they, a lot of them actually, I was surprised, watched the show Vikings on the History Channel. And at the time, I probably had maybe this length of a beard, and it's been growing ever since. And they would always ask, like, hey, have you seen the tv show vikings on history channel like yeah and they'd be like oh you look like you look like ragnar you look like floki or you look like you could be a background character so I'm like yeah I, like i can see that like bald head beard tattoos tall guy i get it like that's <laughs> one of those things that just stuck with me i'm like it's fitting yeah that's funny i i went to yeah because i'm also uh tall bald have a beard and uh, a couple of years ago i went to iceland and pretty much every store that I walked into, people would just start talking to me in Icelandic. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I feel like it's important at this point that I call out that I, well, I am tall. I am not bald and I do not have a beard. And I just want to make sure everybody knows that that's not the theme today. Because that would be, that would be sad for me. Uh, as you started, one of the things that you, you brought up uh, in, in the, uh, the, the form that you filled out for our podcast is that mm -hmm. you, you didn't know anything about business coming in and, and, you know, you didn't really know how to market or sell or whatever. So um, can you kind of talk about that journey from not really knowing anything to, you know, being in business four years later and growing? Yeah. Um, I, to this day, I still think I know nothing as far as that. I try to be the dumbest person in the room, like at all times. And, to a degree now, uh, my girlfriend will call me on this like, hey, you're not like, you're not dumb. Like, you know, things now, um, which was hard for me to like put on there. Like, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, when I first started, I just knew that social media, in particular, Instagram, I had a avenue of saying, hey, this thing exists. 
So I would just post pictures of like just stuff that I thought was cool as far as the brand goes, which was at the time mostly just coffee. Um, and then when I started to do, and this kind of got me customers in the beginning, I soon realized it was kind of a waste of my time after a while is I would go on search on hashtags of other coffee brands and just go and scroll through and try to engage and interact with people who had, who had posted either pictures of their coffee or some, something relating to coffee and just interact and engage with them. And I'd gain followers to my business account that way. And then over time of them seeing my content, interacting with me, then eventually going to the website, checking that out, it started to lead to more customers and I would do that so often like, okay, there's, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And that eventually led me to discovering um, the MFCO project. And through listening to that, I started to learn a lot more about how I should market, how to tell a story, how to, how do I guess interact with people when I'm at, you know, physical events. And <clears throat> from there, I just kind of started to develop, I guess, my own sense of marketing in my own weird, goofy way. It's kind of geared towards my personality and just focus on the, the customers who were loyal to me and just try to just continue to build loyalty through those customers. And over time, my customer base has slowly expanded. Boy, that um, authenticity of, you know, when it comes to marketing, Mm -hmm. It's huge. Like so many, I think a lot of people really miss that when they're out on social media and they're trying to imitate someone else or they see something that works really well for one person and they think, Oh, I'm just going to do that thing. And you realize that you're getting followers that don't really know your brand and you, what you want is, you know, exactly what you learn to do through MF CEO and, and, and um, you know, just learning from other entrepreneurs of mm -hmm. let me be myself, be really authentic and use the voice that I have. And that really like people are attracted to that and they'll just uh, they'll, they'll come follow you and buy your products or services or whatever it is somebody's selling. Um, I have a question on this on the sales side, though. Right. So if when you started, you were not comfortable with the sales part. Correct. Yeah. And that's something I just didn't like know anything about. I'm like, I don't like, is there like a certain like pitch or is there a certain like strategy or something? Like I, I didn't know. Right. Like, and, and what have you learned? So what, do, how do you do it now? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I actually have started to get a plan together as far as like, if I'm going to release a new product, so I'm trying to think, for example, we had a, I don't have any stickers of it. No, I released a new coffee. It's called Phrase Fury. And in what I did, instead of trying to market that out towards new customers, specifically, I just pulled um, together emails from my current customer base. And I would send out reminders. I would tell them about the coffee, um, come up with like funny factual stories about the coffee send emails out to them, post on social media. I would then get a group of customers who signed up for like the email reminder for this coffee who were interested in it. So I knew those people were interested. Now I'd have automated emails that would go a little bit further in depth about um, Freya, who's a Norse god, uh, the coffee itself, 
different process of coffee and then my recommendations as far as brewing it. So then they would be getting those. And at the same time, I'm still pushing some of that stuff out into social media and getting people to sign up that way. And then when it releases, I got, um, I don't even remember how I got a lot of shares, the actual post saying, Hey, this coffee's released. I got a lot of those same customers who were a part of that email list who had shared my post on social media. I think it was like 50 plus times they'd send it out to different people. And we had maybe 10 to 12, I think customers that never, I've never seen before. And they ordered from us. I, that you just really touched on something else that's super, super important that I think a lot of small business owners fail to recognize or address, which is really taking care of the customers that you already have mm -hmm. because they're already there and they're loyal and they're buying from you. So that's a, that was a really good strategy. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. And one of the other things kind of going back to something you said a little bit earlier where you're talking about how the brand is really like kind of an extension of you. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's funny, like I was walking through, uh, walking, it was a friend of mine and he was trying to figure out who his target market was and he didn't quite get it. But by the end of it, he figured out, he's like, oh, he's like, my target market's people like me. I'm like, yeah, you can't sell to everybody, but you can sell to you. And yeah. there's, there's a, a potentially a million of you out there who you could sell to. So, you know, that was kind of eye opening for him because he was like, I want to sell to everybody. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, let's reel that back what do you want? You know, like what, like how would you receive like a, a Facebook message or something like that? So do you find that a lot of your customers are, let's say identify with your brand more so than, you know, your product, they, they identify with you. I mean, now that you mentioned that, I've, I've never heard that explained that way before. So that's like almost eye opening for me. Cause I've always, when people have asked me like, Oh, what's your target market? And I'm like, well, I don't really know. And they're like, well, list off like, five interest, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I like guns. I like weights, <laughs> but like explain it like that way. I'm like, I could, I could much more easily identify who my target market was through that way. So I'd say they more likely identify more so with me than, than necessarily than what the brand is. I believe it. I, I and, and probably once you made the transition to the way that you were doing your messaging, mm -hmm. you, got you found yourself getting people attracted to you faster and faster to the brand right yeah the past say past year we've had a lot of we've had a lot of growth like it's been nuts like especially this past year we've had a lot so far in 2020 it's been kind of nuts and i know part of it's kind of attributed to us getting a new roaster but now that you all have mentioned it, it's just like, now I think about all the things that I've done over the past year that have just continued to build up and build up and build up. I think a lot of it is attributed to that. And I, and I think some of that also, uh, not to diminish what you just said, but yeah. uh, a lot of that is, you know, not only you identifying with your, your market better, but with the pandemic, it, kind of, it pushed everybody to online. So, you know, that's one of those things where I think that that may have been a benefit for you in terms of being able to, to reach an audience who would normally just go down the street and buy from mm -hmm. you know, the local roaster or whoever it is. It's like, well, let me, let me see what's online. So, or, or local Starbucks. And I know that yeah. a lot of people have been very committed to supporting small businesses, right? I don't think that I have bought a cup of coffee 
with the exception of if I'm like traveling someplace, I have not bought mm-hmm. a cup of coffee in seven months. I literally just constantly <laughs> am ordering coffee to ship to my house and um, we'll try. I try and always do it from very um, like small, small business, yeah. local. Awesome. Yeah. Find a place and do it. So we're super stoked to try your coffee and, and cool. it's going to be good. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about SB Pace, the small business consulting company that makes this podcast possible. SB Pace, which stands for Small Business Planning, Advising, Coaching, Expertise, focuses solely on helping small businesses and entrepreneurs. Are you looking to start a small business of your own? SB Pace can get you up and running with a solid foundation that's built to last. Are you an existing small business in a slump or just looking for ways to improve what you do? We can help with that. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? SB Pace is the partner you need. You can find out more about SB Pace and what we have to offer by visiting our website, sbpace.com. So as you as you grew your business, Evan, what I mean, it's, I mean you know, even this year as as your business just kind of like blew up, what what pivots did you have to make? What lessons? I mean, did you did you learn or, you know, did you think your business was going to be this when you started and now it's, you know, something else? Oh man. If I look back on it when I first started, I, cause I had, I had, I don't even know, maybe $300 to put into the business. So at that time I would have never guessed that I would have had by this time a 100% made an American coffee roaster and a shop with, I don't know, maybe 600 pounds of coffee sitting in it right now. Like I would have never guessed that. Um, as far as pivots, I think it's just, I don't like spending large sums of money and I don't think most people do. <laughs> yeah. But when I see the price tag of a coffee roaster that has a much bigger capacity, that's much more efficient. And I know it's going to increase my ability to produce more coffee and send more coffee out to customers. I was always very hesitant about pulling the trigger on that and going with it. I'm like, Oh, I'll just stick with this one pound capacity roaster. I'll just stay up extra late and I'll just keep working until it's done. And I think the biggest pit for me was just understanding like it's worth the investment to get a bigger, more efficient roaster. So you're not burning yourself out on just coffee roasting. So I, I can attend to other things in the business. Did you um, do like a cost benefit analysis on buying it or what was it that pushed you over the edge to make the decision to finally realize like, Oh yeah, this is going to be worth the investment. Um, it was actually earlier this year where I would be in the shop from probably 6am take a break somewhere around noon and then be back in there around like one roasting a large majority of the time. And then, packing up, bagging all of the orders, putting in the box and taking, then trying to get them to the post office before it closed, which I was always either a minute early or 15 minutes late on that. And I wasn't <laughs> able to attend to like anything else, like creating brand assets, writing emails, creating content for the brand. I wasn't able to do any of that. I'm like, I need to, I need to either hire someone or get a new coffee roaster. And I actually ended up doing both this year. So <laughs> Good for you. That's a good sign of growth. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how like with small business, most small business owners, like you said, they don't like to spend large sums Mm -hmm. of money, but how, how much easier their lives would be. And they don't realize it that if they spent some money 
that like what what it's going to open up for them yeah i i realized what happened probably the first two weeks what i just invested in when i got the new roaster i'm like holy shit i have so much free time <laughs> free time to create more content on social yeah. media right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i have so much time this is yeah amazing. that's that's fantastic and that's a it, sadly, when you are, you know, a solopreneur or you're, you know, just very small and you have like, you know, just a couple of employees, you're doing a lot. And sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. to know where to put your energy. Like what's the right thing to work on? How, what, what sort of um, criteria did you use to make a, do you use to make the decision on where you're going to put your time, where you're going to spend your time? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't have anything right now. I mean, I do. It's in my head. It's just a matter of putting that thought to paper and then from that creating a system as far as like, okay, what's priority? Um, but I would say right now we, we have holiday coming up. So Black Friday, Christmas, um, then we're currently in October. So two goals of mine have been to introduce an exclusive kind of limited quantity coffee every single month. And then for this season, I wanted to do candles, which is something new. So currently my two things I'm working on are, I actually just finished the labels for candles and get that sent off so they can begin getting made. Uh, and then I need to finish putting together a uh, blend for November. So it's either I'm in, in the shop working on or writing down different coffees I think will blend well together and create something delicious or I'm doing computer work in Adobe trying to create brand assets and then other content that way. Please tell me the candles are coffee smelling. <laughs> yes. We've got one, <laughs> got one that is going to be pumpkin spice coffee and then cream and we're going to call it Jack o Lantern. Nice. I like it, yeah. That's very creative. Very creative. Well, it's, it's funny because I was, I was sitting there thinking like, I mean, uh, when, I, when somebody says candle to me, I was like, oh, that's like the thing you put in the background to like, you know, like it's, it's calming or whatever. I was like, who wants a, a coffee flavor? I'm like, oh no, like that'd be great. Middle of the day, you need to pump out some work. Get the coffee mm -hmm. going, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm excited um, to get them. I have a, I have a very specific coffee question um, so yeah. that I know when I am or cause I like to order whole bean and I like mm -hmm. it when the beans are really, is greasy the right word? Oily. Oily? Oily. Greasy. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, it, is there a particular blend that it's more oily? Is it like dark light meat? Like what's the. Yeah, uh, so the darker a coffee is roasted, um, so essentially what's happening when the coffee is being roasted, moisture is being pulled out of the bean, which is causing it to expand, and there are oils in the bean itself, and when that moisture is pulled out, it creates little, like, I guess, pockets that the oil can escape from, and usually when it's darker roasted, there is less moisture keeping that oil, I guess, in the bean, excuse me. And over time, probably like for dark roast, it's usually about a week, week and a half, two weeks. That oil will really start to come through and it makes the beans look shiny. 
However, something on a medium or lighter roast, and this all depends on origin too. Um, so I know Brazilian dark roasted beans are significantly oilier than say uh, Ethiopian dark roasted bean. So beans that are usually lighter roasted, all of those oils, they don't usually start to come out of the bean until maybe a month after they've been roasted. And that will usually be a good sign, at least for lighter roast, that the coffee is starting to go stale. Uh, whereas dark roast, it doesn't necessarily indicate that just because the oil start to appear so quickly. Oh, interesting. I, that's, I've just been educated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Yep. And that would have been a better answer than mine, which would have been like the darker Darker they are, the oilier they are. <laughs> that's what I always thought too. So that's why I always drink yeah. dark roast. But I think the light roast has more caffeine in it, right? Uh, this, this is this might blow your mind a little bit too because it it didn't me when I first learned it. So it depends. They both have larger amounts of caffeine. It just depends on how you measure it. Um, so going back to how the beans are roasted, so moisture is being pulled out. The longer they're in the roaster, the darker they're going to be and less moisture is going to be in the bean, so the bigger they're going to be. So if we're weighing from, let's just use whole beans as, as a simple example. So dark roast beans are going to be bigger and they're going to weigh less. Light roast beans are going to be smaller and they're going to weigh more. So if you're going to measure by scoop, light roast, light roast coffee is going to have more caffeine. But if you measure by weight, dark roast beans are going to have more caffeine because in order to get, I guess, the same dosage, you're going to need more dark roasts or more dark roast uh, than you would light roast and vice versa. So I feel like this has been really educational and important for our listeners because small business <laughs> owners don't get enough sleep. So knowing where to get the right amount of caffeine sure. is super important. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this up though. We're, we're running out of time, but before we go, I wanted yeah. to see if there's any piece of advice you'd leave you know, one, one parting shot for our listeners as to, uh, you know, opening a small business, operating, anything like that. The biggest thing for me has been just doing it. Like, don't, because I'm very much paralysis by analysis. Like, if I sit there and try to study and figure out what to do, I'm not going to do it. So my thing would just, just do it. Just dive in and figure it out as you go. It's the, It's been the best teacher for me, and I imagine it will be, like that for many others. Yeah, great advice. Tell our listeners how they can find you. Uh, yeah, um, my business page you can find at, at Viking Coffee Co. Um, it's all one one word. Um, then our website is vikingcoffeeco.com. And then if you, I guess, care to follow my personal page, is Evan Armstrong One. Great. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Thanks, Evan. And, and thanks, everybody, for listening today. Yeah. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, you can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. You can also reach us on our websites, sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And while you're out there listening to pods, go ahead and subscribe to this one, like us, and give us a review. Let us know what you think. We love feedback, so definitely give us a review. And if you're interested in hearing about certain topics or you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, go ahead and let us know at bizquickpodcast.com. 
Oh, we wrote a book. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. And it is available on Amazon. It comes with a companion workbook and you can also find it on our website. So that's it for today. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. 